Chapter Twelve of the Goddess of Atvatabar by William Richard Bradshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Fisher. We arrive at Kioram. Between the time of departure of Lecolt and our arrival at Kioram, we kept Plotoy as busy as possible answering our questions. We found that all the soldiers of the king were known as Waleels, and that all were equipped with magnetic wings. The wings were worked by a little dynamo supplied by magnicity. A single cell, six cubic inches in size, produced a current both enormously powerful and constant. I could recollect no cell in the outer world of the same size so powerful. Hence here was an inventive discovery of the first importance. The cell was composed of two metals, terellium, a vermilion metal found only in Atvatabar, and aquellium, a bright green metal elaborated from the waters of the internal ocean which metals simply placed in contact without the addition of an acid or alkaline salt generated a powerful current both cells and dynamo were strapped to the back by a strong leathern jacket which also supported the soldier in flight the weight of a man being only fifteen pounds on the surface of the interior earth and no weight at all fifty miles above it prevented any fatigue being experienced from flight it was the easiest of all methods of locomotion and eminently suited to the inhabitants of such a world as Bimbisarol. Plotoy informed us that the government of Atvatabar was an elective monarchy. The king and nobles were elected for life and no title was hereditary. There was a legislative assembly formed on the popular will called the Borodomy. The king's palace and Borodomy were situated in Kalnagor, the capital of the realm, which lay 500 miles inland and communicated with Kioram by a sacred railroad as well as by aerial ship. The largest building in Kalnagor was the Bormidiforia or Pantheon where the worship of the gods was held. The only living object of worship was the Lady Leone, the supreme goddess of Atvatabar. There were different kinds of golden gods worshipped, or symbols that represented inventive forces, art and spiritual power. The king was head of the army and navy, and the people were divided into several classes of nobles and common people. The Atvatabaris were wealthy, gold being as common as iron in the outer world. They were a peaceful people. And at Vatbar, being itself an immense island continent lying far from any other land, there had been no wars with any external nation, nor even civil war for over a hundred years. There were plenty of newspapers, and the most wonderful inventions had been in use for ages. Railroads, pneumatic tubes, telegraphs, telephones, phonographs, electric lights, rainmakers, sea boots, marine railroads, flying machines, megaphones, velocipedes without wheels, aerographers, etc. were quite common. Not to speak of such inventions as sewing and reaping, sewing, blackbooting and knitting machines. Of course, printing, weaving and such like machines had been in use since the dawn of history. Suffice to say they had no steam engines, and terrorite and gunpowder were unknown. Their great source of power was magnicity, generated by the two powerful metals terellium and aquilium, and compressed air their explosive force. As we approached this wonderful country, we noticed a number of splendid ships coming to meet us, Plated with gold and fully rigged, they presented a beautiful appearance. They were each propelled by magnicity. Plothoy said they were the fleet of Atvatabar coming to welcome us. The Royal Navy was in command of Admiral Jolar, who had never yet seen active service, but was a worthy representative of the King. Our rapid steaming in the direction of the fleet, which has rapidly approached us, soon brought the Polar King within range of their guns. Plothoy was set free, as we then knew all about Atvatabar, necessary to know prior to seeing the Admiral, who could give us more definite information. A roar of guns saluted us from at least 100 vessels. There was no smoke, the guns being discharged by compressed air. Each vessel bore the flag of Atvatabar, 
a pink-coloured disc surrounded by a circle of green on a violet field. The disc represented the sun above us, the green circle at Vatbar, and the violet field the surrounding sea. From the peak of the Polar King the American flag floated, the first flag of the outer sphere that was ever unrolled in the air of the interior world. The ships approached us in double column and presented an appearance of the utmost grandeur. It was evident we were the discoverers of a powerful and opulent country, and not a barbarous land. Here was civilization and courtesy, and not to be done in these qualities, I ordered a salute from our terrorite guns. The explosive shells discharged by gunpowder into the sea sent up columns of water and foam all around us to an astonishing height, and it took a considerable time for the sea to subside, the gravity of the water being only one-tenth that of the external ocean. The Atvatbaris must have been greatly astonished at the explosions, as Plotoy informed us that no such weapon as ours formed part of the armament of the Atvatbar navy. The fleet ceased firing, and presently a gaily decorated magnetic launch shot off from the flagship, bearing two officers in brilliant uniforms. Plotoy, as the boat approached us, said the officers were Admiral Jolar of the fleet and Kloshnili, Grand Minister of the Government. The boat came alongside the Polar King, and, lowering a gangway, the illustrious visitors came on board. Admiral Jolmar was arrayed in an olive-green coat decorated with overlapping scales of gold embroidery and olive-green trousers with an outer stripe similarly decorated. The uniform of Koshnili, the Grand Minister, was of electric blue cloth covered with serpentine bands of gold embroidery radiating downward. A small but brilliant retinue accompanied each official. As the distinguished visitors stepped on deck, the entire fleet saluted us with a second roar of guns. Plothoi announced their names and dignities. Being able to greet their excellencies in their own language greatly astonished them. I learned from the Admiral that the Grand Minister Koshnili was sent by His Majesty King Almeri Bulmakar as a special envoy to bid us welcome in the name of the King and the people of Atvatbar. The story told by Lekholt had been proclaimed by royal authority throughout the country, and the day of our arrival in Kalnagur, the metropolis, was to be observed as a national holiday. A brilliant programme of entertainment had been devised, calculated to do us infinite honour. I conferred on Admiral Jolmar the title of Honorary Commander of the Polar King, and on Koshnili that of Honorary Captain. The Admiral said that both he and Koshnili would remain on our ship until we arrived in the city of Kioram. The Admiral, by signalling from the Polar King, put his navy into a series of brilliant evolutions. A curious feature was the fact that each sailor possessed wings, was in fact a whaleel like Plothoi. The sailors, wing jackets, or Fletchimings as they were called, of one vessel would rise like a swarm of bees and settle on another vessel. The evolutions made in this way were both majestic and surprising. The entire flatmings of each squadron on either side of us were drawn up in battle array in the space between the ships and fought each other in a mock battle with spears, while the ships discharged their guns at each other. We reached the harbour of Kioram in which the Royal Navy anchored in double column. The Polar King sailed slowly down the Imperial Avenue of ships amid the thunder of guns and the cheers of the Fletchimings. The sun shone gloriously as we stepped from the deck of the ship upon the white marble city wharf. Everything was new, strange and splendid. We were received by Governor Laldemir of Kioran, the commandant of the fort and his staff, Captains Pra and Nothablok. Beyond the notables, a vast crowd of Atvatbaris cheered us vociferously, while the guns of the fort on a commanding height roared their welcome. End of chapter 12